listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, as you saw in the, in the, uh, today, as you saw in the title, we're going to be talking about the biggest waste of your time. That's what today's broadcast is about. The biggest waste of your time and how to avoid it. Without any further ado, let me bring on my special guest. It's Alex Iaquinto. You guessed it. Somebody guessed it. Somebody did. I think think it was Mary Beth Bullock. Was it? Was it? I thought it was Lilia Not So Petty. (laughs) Welcome to the Lilia Petty Podcast. (laughs) The Lilia Petty Podcast. It's so great petty. to be back in the Miracle Word studio. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Appreciate that. Relatively glad. Somewhat glad. Somewhat glad that you're here. No, they've been uh, shooting uh, new content all week, and um, we've got some other cool announcements for you coming up very soon. But I wanted Alex to come on because um, many of you saw this, and we've got the, by the way, the new magazine is shipping out, I believe tomorrow today is thursday right tomorrow the brand new magazine is dropping and if you're not signed up to get it you want to sign up to get it why do i say that alex has put an update in this edition of the magazine oh, yeah. that you're going to get to check it out those of you by the way thank you to everybody that sowed seed towards take virginia beach um alex went and felt in his spirit to um to do take Virginia beach as an outreach in his own city. And, uh, many of you sewed towards that and, uh, everything, everything came in that was needed. It was really powerful. I mean, oh, yeah. God moved. And, um, what was, I mean, that was like your first, uh, formal outreach like that. Right. But talk a little bit about, first of all, uh, how you started to feel to do that. And then, you know, we'll, we'll get into like the steps as you move forward, but like what, what sparked that? So I think a lot of times, What's up, James? Um, I think a lot of times when God shows you something that kind of annoys your spirit, he wants you to do something about it. So I started feeling like, man, there's like nothing in Virginia Beach for youth to go to that they can go in with depression, anxiety, sickness, disease, and then they can come out free. A lot of times there's youth group where you just go in, you play like five games, you sing two songs, everyone has their hands in their pockets, then, you know, you preach a relatable message and then everyone leaves and nothing's changed. You go inbound, you leave bound. And, um, and I felt God prompt me. He said, you know, do, not specifically, but I felt him say, like, do something about it. Why don't you do something? Why don't you take action on that? There's people that haven't heard the, the real message of Jesus, and this is what I mean. There's the message of, of the relatable gospel, meaning, you know, we're all going through it. We cannot, we're all just have our, we all have our cross to carry. Maybe yours is sickness, maybe mine is addiction, but you know, we'll just get through life. But I feel like not enough people, and I know not enough people have heard the, the message of victory and have heard the message of deliverance and, and God loves you. He wants to bless you that, you know, the real gospel. Um, and that's something that I want, I want my generation to know about. I don't want them to, you know just think that Christianity is some side thing that you can just be a part of and, and sometimes it'll help you cope, but the power of God. Um, so, so God told me to take action on it. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, 
you know, I've got to do something about it. When you hear something, and we'll get into this, obviously, but when you hear something, when God tells you to do something, you've got to jump on it. So we got everything in order. All the money came in. Again, thank you to everyone that sowed. It was, you know, it was miraculous because I actually have a testimony of, of a, a financial testimony. I was doing the budgeting, and it looked like I'd found the amount, but it looked like, uh, you know, hidden fees. There was like $1,000 of hidden fees. Hidden fees will get you. That's right. And I, and I redid the budget, and I realized, oh, shoot, there's $1,000 short. And so what I did is I, I took out a $100 bill out of my wallet. I put it on like a, a notepad of paper. I traced around it. I ripped it out, and then I wrote myself a $1,000 bill to keep in my wallet uh, just as like a, a point of contact kind of for faith. And, and it was that, it was like a week later when, when Pastor Cody Spencer and all, all of them from Uproar felt mm-hmm. to sow into the thing. And it was exactly $1,000. And, it, you know, it just came in supernaturally. But thank you for everyone that gave. Because That's awesome. It was powerful. It was powerful. So, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. You'll get to see the updates on what took place with Take Virginia Beach in the magazine uh, that's getting ready to come to your house. But uh, today, as we're talking about this, the biggest waste of your time. What are we, what are we talking about? Well, I feel this in my spirit, uh, when I, any, and we've talked, you know, those of us here at the ministry, we talk about it together. You know, we wonder sometimes like, why is it taking people such a long time to make a move for God? And so what we're dealing with really today is what is the biggest waste of a believer's time? What's the biggest waste of a believer's time, your time? It is this, when God gives you a purpose, a calling, an assignment, but you buy into the lie that it's never the right time to get started. You buy into the lie that, you know, well, not right now. I'm sure that'll come in the future. I'm kind of waiting on God to work things out. You know, I'm kind of waiting on God to to just like give me a sign. You know, I hear that a lot. Just waiting on the (laughs) Lord to give me a sign, you know. And, um, and, and And the problem is you're called, you're anointed. You're, you've been assigned. You have the ability. You have the uh, efficiency to do what the Lord's called you to do. In fact, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit as you are, then you've got all of the resources that you need to accomplish what God's called you personally to do. And I understand that not everybody who watches or listens, you know, is uh, in full-time ministry, right. as it were. You're not. Uh, one of the five-fold ministry gifts, but that's not, that, that makes no difference because every Christian has a purpose and a calling. In fact, the apostle Paul dealt with this when he wrote to the Corinthian church and he actually warned them because he said, you know, a lot, and this is human nature. We see people that aren't doing it like we're doing it. And we start to say, well, their way is less important. Right. Their way is, you know, my way is the way to go. Right. You know, the way that I do things is the way to do things. It's a mistake because Paul warned that church in Corinth. He said, you know, that we're all members in particular of the one body of Christ. So all men, and then he starts to break it down. You know, can the eye say to the ear, I don't have any need of you? It's right. like, no, right. I need eyes and I need ears. I need both. <laughs> and so one of the lies the devil uh, tries to get you to believe is that you are the part of the body that's not needed or what you have or what God's given you is unimportant or that it's somehow lesser 
than what somebody else is doing. It's not, not true. Um, and so you can't believe that lie, but then you get into this realm or this area of, well, it's not the right time to do that right Mm -hmm. now, you know? And and to be honest with you, there will never be a perfect (laughs) time in the, in the mind of, uh, humanity, or even if you believe what the devil devil says, you will, I said devil, like it was like water boy, devil, (laughs) that devil, you gotta watch that devil. Um, you know, he'll start by telling you you're too young. Then he'll start, then he'll move on to telling you you're too busy. And after you've become too busy and you get into that family life and everything, and then he'll tell you that you have greater responsibilities. And then you move from there and you get a little bit older. And then, you know, he'll start to tell you as you get older and you move towards retirement, well, you're too old to do anything for God. Let the younger people do it. It's true. You took a breath. I didn't no, know I was that. like, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is true. And, and it's like. Uh, you start being too young, then you get too busy, then you have too many responsibilities and now you're too old. So if you believe what the devil has to say to you, there's never a right time to do what God's called you to do. And so the biggest waste of any believer's time is delaying in their purpose, delaying in what God has called them or spoken to them to do. Remember there is a time, um, I don't want to say a limitation, but there is a limitation, but I would say your purpose, your calling, your, your, uh, anointing, it's time sensitive, right? right. It's time sensitive. And it leads me to this verse that I wanted to read you before we get talking about this. It's in the gospel of John chapter nine. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples. It's verse number four. It's one of my favorite charges that Jesus gives in the new Testament. He said, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. Think about that. For the night is coming when no one can work. Think about that. The night. So what is Jesus doing here? He's putting a time sensitivity on the work they're called to do. And in fact, those that are watching, I want you to put it in the comments section today. Put it in all caps. If you want to, my calling is time sensitive. Put it, in, put it in all caps if you want to. My calling is time sensitive. And it absolutely is. You can, I have, I've had people come up to me in services and be like, hey, I just want you to pray for me, Brother Ted. Uh, the Lord called me to preach like 25 years ago. And I'm just really believing that that'll come to pass. And I'm oh thinking to myself like 25 years ago, he's probably called someone else by now. Right. I mean, think of all <laughs> that you were supposed to be doing in the That's last crazy. 25 years. Right. And so we can be led by the spirit. Such an important thought. We can be led by the spirit. You were talking about being led by the spirit. You felt led by the Holy Spirit to do this specific outreach for your city. Right. Now, how old are you? 17. And you were 17 during the outreach. Yep. So when the Lord spoke to you, he's not 25. He's not 40. He's not 55. He's 17 years old. You just graduated high school Mm -hmm. and, uh, not yet. He hasn't even yet gone to college, Bible school or anything, but, and and obviously, uh, you felt a call to preach, which you've shared on this broadcast before that God called you to preach the gospel and everything. So what, what most people would say is, well, yes, I feel called to preach the gospel, but you know, I haven't had any training yet. (laughs) So I got to do the training before I do any work. And, and this is a perfect example that. Though Alex has not been to Bible school yet, 
He just graduated high school. You think to yourself, well, now I've got a budget. Can a 17-year-old raise the finances to match the budget to put? Well, obviously the answer is yes, because remember, anything that God commands, he empowers. Anything God commands, he empowers. If he tells you to do something, God pays for what he orders. God pays for what he orders. And so you felt to do it and people began to sow seeds one by mm-hmm. one and, yeah. and get out. And, and, and really all of the things that uh, the Lord spoke to you to do were fulfilled. Oh, yeah. It, let me ask you this. What was the time frame between when you felt to do it and when the event took place? So I felt to do it. It was probably like April or probably May. It was it was probably May um, when I felt to do it. And, and it took place in August, but I started on it um, like, you know, I actually, to be honest with you, I, I, I made the mistake. I was thinking like at the time, I was thinking like, you know, that's that's huge for me. So I was thinking, well, you know, I, I was kind of flirting with the idea, but I didn't, you know, I didn't fully get into it until like a month after I heard it. But looking back, I should have realized like, oh man, like this, it matters that I jump on it because one of the things that uh, that happens is when the Lord tells you to do something or puts it in your spirit, it's hot in your spirit, but just like you said, it's time sensitive. So if the Lord puts something in my spirit to go live on or to preach on, I'm not going to wait a month and then say, oh, maybe I'll still feel the same. It's not going to feel the same. You jump on it immediately Yep. because that's when it's hot in your spirit. You can't preach a message from like, you know, your spirit like a month ago. Yeah. So when the Lord puts it in your spirit, you're, you can't always go off of motivation, but it's good to have motivation. Sure. Because you, you, you go off of dedication, but the motivation is the starting thing that's going to get you into it. So, you know, at that time, I, I thank the Lord that it was still hot in my spirit, still, still motivating me. And I jumped on it and we did it that August. So it was So you got, you got the word in May. Yeah. And you completed the event in August. Yes. So, I mean, it was like, you know, uh, was it like at the end of May? I, 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 what, you worked on the event for like three months total? Two, like two, like actually worked on it for like two months. Two months. So think about that. Got a word from the Holy Ghost in May, worked on it for two months, and it just, it came to pass in August. So (laughs) the thing that that people don't realize is there's people, they'll put stuff so far out into the future. Like, I'm just (laughs) believing that, you know, in about five years, I'm going to, this is like, why not just do it? I like that he said that, that when the Lord tells you to do something, jump on it. Jump, move quickly in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Move quickly in the kingdom. You know, and by the way, uh, this, this applies to everything. Right. So it's not just about, you know, doing ministry or preaching something or doing an outreach. I'll tell you, the Lord spoke to me and I've, um, you know, those of you that know me know that I, I enjoy writing, but, but the Lord spoke to me to write a book and um, I had already written like one, two, three, like four books or something like that. I'd already written like four or five books before. And the Lord had this other book in my spirit and I made the mistake. It was like hot in my spirit. I'm, I actually have it right here. This is the book <laughs> further, faster. I had this book in my spirit for a while and I had all the notes written out in my phone and my tablet laptop and I had everything ready to go. And I preached this message in a bunch of different places and uh, it was just hot in my spirit. And I did, I don't, I don't know why I did made this mistake, but 
I procrastinated on getting the writing done. And then I was just so excited. I'd preach it. I'd preach it. And, um, this is the first book that I ever released that felt laborious. Like it felt like work. It, like, and it's like, oh man. And I love the message. I love what God gave me, but I made the mistake of when this was hot in my spirit to not get it out quickly. And I, I kept preaching it. I kept talking about it. I kept, you know, all these, but I, the, the actual getting it out on paper and getting it out in ebook form and ha- making it available, it took too long. And those of you will know, and I, and yes, not only did I, I, I procrastinate, but one of the things, I guess it's a plus and a minus, maybe the Lord was merciful. It's like the, the more that I, uh, obviously meditated on it and the more that I looked through it, the more content that I got for it, but it should have been out the door. And there were people that were waiting and waiting and waiting on this. And, uh, I made, it was the mistake that I made. I was like, I'll never make that again, which is if it's in my spirit, if it's hot, get it out the door, get it, you jump on it. And there's people I'm sure watching. Cause I've had them right in the ministry and talk to me personally. Maybe the Lord's put that in your spirit to write a book, to get a book out the door, jump on it, man, jump on it while it's hot in your spirit. Because what ends up happening is, and, and I'll tell you that all the other books that I, I've written and all the books that I've written have come out of a, a, a fire in my spirit. Mm-hmm. So praise, laugh, repeat. First book I ever wrote, it came out of like this fire to hate depression and anxiety touching our young people. And I just sat in rooms in, in at youth camps and in youth con- and in hotel rooms. And I would just type in a way and they just would flow out of me. Same with the devotional blood on the door, that spirit of fear that tried to hit America, all the different things, uh, unhang your harp, all the other books that I've written, they've all come out of a fire in my spirit, but because I actually engaged it right. when I felt it, it didn't feel like work. It right. just flowed out of me. Like it, it just like, like a river. Then when I didn't do what the Lord spoke to me to do immediately, then that same flow uh, wasn't there in that, like, it just felt like it flowed out. Right. But now it felt like I was doing the work, you know, it was like work. Yeah. It was, and I love the book and the book is great. And all that revelation is there. It was the, it was the process with which it came out of me, which, which was much different, but it was because of my mistake of not jumping on the word that God gave me. And there's people watching, I'm sure that you've got an instruction from the Lord, something you're supposed to do. You're called to do. And and it's, and the enemy has tricked you into keeping up, pushing it into the future. Don't do that. Jump on it, get, get on it as quickly as possible. One of the things that, um, I think holds people back is there can be an insecurity that says, you know, maybe I'm not the one to do this. Did you have to deal with that at all? Like maybe, maybe, you know, maybe someone else. Yeah. Maybe someone else is more qualified to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, to be honest, not really. Uh, just because <laughs> I didn't know it, where I live. I don't know too many, like other than the friends that I have gathered close to me on purpose. I don't know too many other Holy ghost filled, like, you know, so there is, and that that's so true because I've heard people tell me that, Yeah. like, maybe I'm not the one to, I've always had an assurance that, yeah, you're a pretty confident person. Yeah. That, that, uh, you know, God called me to do this and I don't have a plan B. Right. So it's like, it's funny because people ask me, like people who don't 
you know, not Christians will say, so what do you want to do? And I'll say, I'm, I'm going into full-time evangelism. They'll say, they'll say, oh, and what if that doesn't work out? I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't eat. I mean, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> it's funny. I actually had my, um, <laughs> when I was in high school, because that was my same thing. It was like, I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to be in full-time ministry. And uh, my guidance counselor was appalled that I didn't, <laughs> that I didn't apply to like multiple colleges. Right. Cause I, I like, I had no college applications and I had just applied to my Bible school. Mm-hmm. And when I went in to meet with her, she was like, so afraid for me and so appalled, like offended. She like looked across this. She was like, what, what if this college doesn't accept you? <laughs> and I, I wanted to just be like, um, it's a Bible college. I don't know if you know this or not. They accept everybody. <laughs> you don't even have to be uh, saved. You don't even have to be called into the ministry. You don't true. even necessarily have to have money. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> they accept everybody. They don't know that, obviously. Right. But right. I was thinking, like, she was so appalled because, you know, she actually asked me that question in her office. She was like, she was like, um, so this is your only plan? Like, ministry is your only plan? And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm going to do. She actually said, she was like, what if people don't like your preaching? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm screwed at that point. <laughs> but I mean, like that was, that's how you see, that's the natural mind. That's how the natural mind thinks about things. That's right. But I want, and I love that Alex brought this point up because I want to deal with it from a principle in scripture that when God has given you a purpose that you are supposed to do exactly what he's called you to do and have, as you said, no plan B. Right. You can't have a plan B. And um, in 1 Kings 19, this is a really, really important principle that I want you to see. Elijah was in a place of uh, heaviness, depression. The Lord actually had to encourage and rebuke Elijah Uh, Because he was ready to be, I mean, all the persecution, he was ready to die. He was like, Lord, just take me. This is enough. (laughs) And the Lord had to not only encourage him, but rebuke him and say, you're not the last one left that's faithful to me. You just think you are, but I've got all kinds of people that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. So he leaves the mountain where he was meeting with the Lord and he comes down the mountain and um, I'm in first Kings 19, 19. And the Bible says, so he departed from there and then found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. Let me just say this too. Um, This is a really important thought that I've never really taken time to preach on, but it needs to be preached on. And that is this. Look where the enemy, not just where, look when. Look when the enemy tried to take Elijah out with depression and hopelessness and all that. Look when it happened. It happened right before his connection with Elisha. That covenant connection with Elisha ensured he had somebody to mentor, but watch this, ensured that somebody would take his ministry further than him. I want you to see this. If the devil could have killed Elijah in that moment before that connection, his ministry just ended right there. But because he couldn't, this connection with Elisha made sure that his ministry went from what he did to impartation to double portion. See, the devil was trying to cut that off. 
And he says, he cast his cloak upon him and he let the oxen and left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, uh, let me kiss my father and mother and I'll, and then I'll come follow you. And he said, go back again for what have I done to you? And he returned, look at this now, this is such a huge principle. Verse 21, and he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen, gave it to the people and they ate, then arose, went after Elijah and assisted him. How powerful is that? How powerful is that? That's right. There was no plan B. There was no plan B. Right. He's like, how can I come back to plowing and farming when all the oxen are dead? I've killed them all. That's right. I've killed them. I've destroyed them. And that's exactly what he did. And the Bible says, sacrificed, boiled their flesh with the yokes. Here's what, uh, what many people miss here. He took the yokes, the wooden, the wooden yokes around their neck. One translation says that he made a fire with the wood of the yokes and then started the fire with their yokes and then killed them and burned their flesh, boiled their flesh on the fire of the yokes that he burned. So he burned the plows, burned the, burned the yokes and boiled the flesh of the oxen. There was no plan B after that. That's it's right. just follow after Elijah. That's it. That's, that's right. it. And that's, and that's where you have to be. You have to see it's, I've got plan A. This is what the Lord told me to do. Nothing else. Right. I want you to put this in the comments too. Um, Faith does not have a plan B because if you say you really believe something, there's no other, you know, there's no other, but if it doesn't work, if you believe, um, that, that the Lord has spoken to you to do something, you're not thinking, but if it doesn't work out, I've got this other source of income and I've got, you know, no faith does not have a plan B. It's only plan A. And, uh, and Jesus teaches the same principle in Luke 9, 62. He said, Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Because you have to be single-minded, not yep. double-minded like James said, tossed to and fro by the waves like the sea. You've got to be single-minded in your purpose, single-minded in your calling, and single-minded from hearing from God. God's not going to say do something and then, wait, no, stop. No, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should so if, when God speaks, you got to know it. You got to recognize the voice of God and then put all your stock in that. Put all your stock in it. Because the kingdom, what Jesus was saying there is no one who, who is going one way, but kind of looking back to the world and going, you know, maybe God called me to do this, but, you know, that job, that career path looks, looks pretty good, is fit for the kingdom. The kingdom is always moving forward and you've got to be like the kingdom always moving forward. Absolutely. And I love that you posted that and, and I'll get off of the ministry, but I love that you posted, uh, what did you post like two days ago? You said, uh, yeah, I said that I tweeted and posted it on Instagram that, um, if you, if you're thinking about going into the ministry or if you're planning to go in the ministry and I said, think of what, what's a dream career that you would actually take that if it became available over the ministry. And then I said, if there's an answer, don't go in the ministry. That's right. That's so true. Because there's, you know, there's people that think like ministry is like a transition to something better. Or, you know, I'm just doing this for now until my right. dream. Jo- it, no, it, it's not. It doesn't work like that. Ministry. Here's what people don't get. Ministry is not a job. It's not a career. Ministry is a calling. You don't just choose to go into the ministry. You're called or you're not called. That's right. You're called by God. 
people, that, that's, that's freaky for people, especially people that don't believe in the supernatural. You're called or you're not called. Right. You know, you, you got to think about that because uh, I've seen the ones that are not called do it and it doesn't work out because God didn't ask them to do it. So he doesn't pay for that because he didn't order that. You see, and so it's very important to understand that if you have a call, it's like, that's why I don't fully believe in like retirement for ministers. <laughs> right. Like I understand if you raise somebody else up and they, uh, you know, they take over the majority of, of what you were doing or whatever, but you're not like, in, in my opinion, cause uh, sorry, I hit the micro heart. In my opinion, uh, you don't see that modeled in the new Testament at all. You don't see any retirement right. from ministry modeled in the new Testament narrative. Paul didn't get to the place where he's like, you know, I've done this for a while. I'm just going to go ahead and let Timothy, I just got a golf and you know, I really want, there's been a lot of uh, places. Yeah. You know, I'm just kind of being hit by the pool and you know, I just want to take the last parts of my ministry to just relax. He didn't retire. Nobody retired in the ministry. You know, if, if it's a calling, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. That means he doesn't take them back. Right. Anybody that I've seen just quit on their calling, they die quickly after. And I've always thought that was an interesting thing that when people stop engaging in the call that's upon their life, they just die. There's nothing else for them to do. They just pass away. And, um, yeah, brother Copeland is a great example right. yeah. because is he 90 yet? Is brother yeah, Copeland he, 90? Yeah. Well, he's L- look it up. Google it. If not, he's 89 or 88 or something. I mean, he's, but you know, he's never stopped in, in, uh, f- in full-time ministry. He's still ministering all the time, still going nonstop. And he, he's like an example of like, let me see. He's 84, 84 no years way. old, but no, but he's, an oh yeah, that's example. right. Cause he just had his 80th birthday a few years oh, ago. Oh, Okay. He's an example of still going strong because you know, he, he's like the kind of uh, minister where you're like, I can't tell if he's like, he's like, 60 or or 90 because he like still ministers he's still got a fire going right and he, he's still got a passion for the things that he's still you know he's still going and he's he's anointed well um, you think think about this that he does like you said he doesn't seem 84 he's still spry he's still right. like moving around like he he's not like uh, uh struggling to right. to like walk up on the platform it's like he's like moving right. he's like doing his thing and, and God empowers you. He strengthens you. The more that you continue to do what he's asked you to do, you know, he strengthens you to do it. He strengthens his workers and he gives his loved ones rest. So the, the longer you stay doing what God's called you to do, God will continually strengthen you. Dylan's uh, grandfather is 90 and still preaches almost weekly and uh, went to Bible school with my grandfather. 90 years old, still preaches almost weekly. And, and his grandfather, Spry, he'll come in the office and talk to me when I'm there and he's on the front row and he's doing his thing. I mean, you know, God will strengthen his workers. That's right. God will strengthen his work, but you don't retire from a calling. You know, even if you turn some responsibilities over to the next generation, you're still actively doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still, you're still doing things. And so you can retire from your career, but you can't retire from your calling. That's right. So every believer has a calling. You might be doing something as a job, but it may not be your calling. Even if you retire from that job, your calling is still on your life. That's right. And you do that until the Lord takes you home or until Jesus comes back. 
And so don't ever feel like, you know, well, I'm done and I need to let other people do it now. No, there is no retirement from your calling. And, you, and, and, there's, and as I said before, the enemy will lie to you and tell you it's never the right time That's right. Yeah. to accomplish what you're called to do. And it's a foolish thing to think that because you've got all the resource you need. You've got all the anointing you need. What, what you've got to do, and this is, I wanted you to kind of talk about this too. Mm-hmm. Moving quickly is such an important thing to do. Because for a couple of reasons, and I saw that, uh, uh, I saw somebody had put it in the comments earlier that um, delayed obedience is the same as disobedience. Mm. Yeah. Delayed obedience is the same as disobedience. You're right. Our bishop, Bishop Rick, he doesn't look or preach or minister like he's a day past 50 years old. The fire is still true. in his spirit. It's, true. it's absolutely true. And uh, Bishop is, is still crushing it. And, um, it's just, it's amazing to see God strengthen his people. Delayed obedience is the same as disobedience. That's right. Um, because you know, like he said, you're, you're, what God tells you to do is time sensitive. Now think about this. If God told me in May to do this revival and I thought, all right, I know I'm to do the revival. I heard clearly from God, but then I, I, I never asked God if, you know, when he'd like me to do it. And then I never jumped on it. Because if, if you don't, if you don't hear, like, if you don't hear God say a specific month, do it, you know, just like go for it unless he said like, you know, a specific time. But if I waited and said, you know, someday I'm going to do this revival in Virginia beach, you guys get ready. I'm announcing something very soon. And in a year I haven't announced it, but you guys wait, it's coming. I'm going to do this revival. There are people that God, God literally told you to do something to affect a person. And then if you wait, that person is long gone. That's right. There are kids that I know that I was, you know, I saw it from, from how God moved. There are kids in that revival that I know are part of the reason God told me to do it. Mm -hmm. And if I would have waited, those kids would have been long gone out of high school. Not even, you know, it's like I waited and then most of the reason I was supposed to do in the first place would be gone. Right. There are people you're supposed to affect. And if you wait on it, it, cause God, God has a, a timeline and he, he perfectly positions you in that timeline. And that's the reason he told you to do it. If he told you to start a business, if he told you to start, uh, going live on Instagram, that's how, you know, for, I know there's a lot of young people on here and there's a lot of young people who feel called into the ministry and, or, or just feel like a fire in their spirit to tell their friends about the Lord. If he tells you to go live on Instagram, there's a reason he's telling you, you know, it's not just so nobody can watch it. You know, he's got a person in mind. And if you'll be the one that says, here I am, Lord, send me, he'll use you to affect that specific person. Yeah. Think about that. Your calling is not just, it's not about things, right? It's about people. That's right. Yeah. It's always about people. Did you ever think about this? What if the minister that held the revival uh, in which Billy Graham got saved oh, yeah. just decided like, you know, I'm not, I don't know that was the right time for me to go in the ministry. You know, <laughs> I probably don't need to be preaching right now. And what if Billy Graham had never been a, a part of that revival, never gotten saved, never gotten called like that? You know, it, it's amazing who you impact and you don't even know is there. That's right. Think about Dr. Bonke. You know, um, what, if, what if he had never received his call the way that he did? Caleb asks, how can I tell if the thing I want to move on is from the Lord or just from me? And I think the thing that you need to remember, Caleb, too, and I know Caleb, 
You are filled with the Holy Ghost. You're led by the Spirit. You know the voice of God. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I think that uh, sticks with you is if that thing is just constantly hitting your spirit, you wake up and that's still there and you're going to bed and that's still there and you know it. And it's not, I think another good way to tell too is that your flesh is uneasy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, your flesh is like, you know, I don't know. You know, like, cause like if it's something that you just want, this is my personal experience. Anytime it was just like me wanting to do something that I wanted the Lord to get on. It's like something that I really like and want so much that I'm mm-hmm. like gung ho about it. Right. It's like, man, I want this to be the thing. But like anytime it's been the Lord in any, in any movement, it's like, oh man, there's like almost like a, my flesh feels that uneasy, uneasiness, uneasiness because I know it's going to take faith to do it. Right. And I'm sitting there like, man, seriously, Lord, this is like, you know, and, and it's like, you don't, you know, the devil doesn't want you to do it. Your flesh is uneasy about doing it. And then that only leaves the Lord. The devil doesn't want you to do it. Your flesh is uneasy about doing it. And it must be the Lord. That's the only one that could be continually pr- pushing you and, and speaking to you to do that thing. Right. And it's very important that you, you know, I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's what you need to confess because you do. Right. You know his voice of strangers you will not follow. And so, you know, you can tell the difference between a lying spirit, a demon spirit, and the voice of the Lord. Even your flesh. Even your flesh. That's why I say if it makes your flesh uneasy, that's a sign your flesh wasn't dying to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so... It's important to, to make those distinctions. Right. Because people ask that. How do I hear from the Lord? How do I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? And I do that process of elimination. You know, right. if it's like, well, I feel to go to Bible school. Is that, is that God or is that just my desire? Well, it's, it's not the devil. Yeah. You can just put, <laughs> rule that out from the, from the very beginning. And um, right. so you can be led by the Spirit, no question about it. But remember this. Uh, be, be, as, as Alex just said, be available to the Lord mm. and, and be one of those, uh, per- people that say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Yeah. And a lot of, th- a lot of the times, and that's a big thing. I feel like every time I come on, people have questions about that because that's a, that's an important thing. That's a, you know, the voice of the Holy spirit is a thing that God's given you that's like vital in your life. And you know, we've talked about this so many times, but another thing is like, if you're praying about it and you don't know if it's the Lord, and I actually encountered this with, with take VB is I, you know, is this just my flesh wanting to do this because I feel called to preach or is this the Lord? And the same thing, you know, my flesh doesn't really want to work for two months on a revival, not, you know, not have any idea if anyone's going to show up, you know, what's going to happen. Your flesh thinks like that. And, uh, one of the keys is once you're settled in your, in your mind, whatever God says, if I've got two options, if I'm, if I've settled, whatever God says I'm ready to do, then God will speak. Cause if you want God to say something, you're always just going to channel it through that. But until you're ready to hear both ways, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to hear the voice of the Lord correctly because you've got to be open, completely open. Whatever you have to say, I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm completely, you know, just listening to you. And then the Lord will speak and you'll know it because, you know, I love that you said that because the voice of the Holy Spirit is not hard to hear. Don't, don't confess, you know, it's hard for God to speak to me in this season. Don't say that. You know, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. He speaks to you. You know, he's I, not really speaking in this season. Yeah, in this season of waiting. That's another thing, yeah. season of waiting, is that people always think they're in a, a season of waiting when the Lord tells them to do something. That's actually a season of action. 
Yeah, there really is no... Um, you should always be doing something That's right. that yeah. accomplishes the next step that the Lord's got. There is, There really is no season of waiting. I don't know where people came up with that idea that there's a season of waiting. There's not. Even your preparation time for what you're going to do, you're still doing something. Mm-hmm. You're preparing for what you're going to do. You're not just sitting around waiting for right. something to happen. That's not biblical. You don't just sit around and wait for something to take place. You're always doing something. Faith moves forward. Yeah. Faith accomplishes. Faith does. It moves forward. So there's not a waiting period. There's not like, oh, wait, God's not just speaking to me in this waiting time. I just don't hear the voice of the Lord. It's very quiet right now. Spiritually, it's very quiet. Yeah. The, the other thing I'll say is this. When it comes to soul winning, like Alex is talking about, there's never a waiting time for that. That's right. And you don't ever have to worry about that being your flesh or the spirit because you know God wants souls won. Right. So you don't ever have to wonder like, man, is if I do this, you know, for example, an outreach, like if I do this outreach, is it the Lord that wants, of course, the Lord wants souls to be one. We're just commanded in mass to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right. To reap the harvest that's white and plenteous and ready to be harvested. So if you'll do what's God's priority to do, he'll get behind you and push you and provide for you because he wants that work done. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the mantra that Dr. T.L. Osborne worked by in his ministry was a mantra where he basically said, go until God says no. <laughs> go until God says no. That was right. really where he was at. Go and you know, just reap the harvest. You know, he would just say, reap it. Just reap it anywhere you can reap it. Go and reap the harvest. Go until God says no. And one of the, and as we're talking about, this is all applying. Think about this. This is all applying to that one thought that we're dealing with today. The biggest waste of your time, which is putting yourself in a position where you do not attack or go after the thing that you're called to do, your priority, your calling, your assignment, as it were. That's the key. (laughs) Stephen asked, have we gone through all the things? It's not all the things. It's one thing is that you've got a purpose. You've got a calling. These are all areas that uh, we're breaking down that are keeping people from attacking their purpose. And when you set, let that thing just sit there and sit there and sit there, it's a mistake because time is running out. There is an urgency on the work of the Lord. There is an urgency on your purpose and on your calling. Because again, the point we're making is it's not about things or events. It's about people. Your calling affects people. Everything you do for the Lord is going to affect people, including your own family. I want you to think about this. If I disobeyed the voice of the Lord and didn't do the things that he called me to do, guess what? It's not just going to affect others. It will affect me and it will affect my family. It'll affect my wife. It'll affect my children. So if I, if I choose to live my ministry and life in disobedience to the Lord, like Jonah style, where it's like, oh, you told me to go, but I'm not going. You told me to preach, but I'm not preaching. If I lived like that and just did whatever I wanted to do, it wouldn't just affect others. It would affect me personally because God can't bless disobedience. So it would, it would affect my ministry. It would affect me. It would affect the people that work for me. It would affect my wife. It would affect my children because if I just remained in rebellion and remained in that disobedience, it's going to bring destruction. So now it starts destroying you and everyone around you because 
Think about uh, with Jonah. You know, he gets on a ship to go the opposite direction of where right. the Lord told him to go. Guess what? It didn't just affect him. The storm hit so violently, it brought all of the lives of the sailors on the ship into jeopardy. So now he's endangering the lives of everyone else because of his disobedience and going the opposite direction. You see what I mean? It doesn't just affect you. It affects others around you when you don't go after what God's called you to do. People think it's some little thing. It's not a little thing. Right. It's, it's your whole life. It's your whole life. And so the reason that we're so adamant about go after it with everything you've got, go after it with everything you've got, you know, whatever the Lord's told you to do, pr prioritize it, put it in front of your face, write the vision, make it plain that they may run that read it. I think one of the things you did that was great is, um, you know, one of the, one of the mistakes some people make is that they want to do something for the Lord. They have no way to communicate that vision to other people. Right. That's a mistake in the, to the largest degree, it's a mistake. Right, right. I have, I have this thing I want to do, but I have no way to communicate this thing the Lord told me to do to other people. The fact that you were able to clearly communicate, take VB and what it was and what you were going to do and what it was going to accomplish and presented that gave other people the opportunity to jump on board with you. That's right. That's why the Bible says without vision, people perish. Or one translation, without prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. Mm. They cast off restraint, which means they've got nothing restraining them to the vision. Uh, I use the example all the time of like having a workout plan or an eating mm -hmm. plan. You know, the moment you cast that vision off, uh, you're also casting off restraint. Right. Because if you know what you're supposed to be doing for that workout, you know what you're supposed to be doing for that diet, the moment you throw that vision out, the restraint that kept you on the diet, mm -hmm. that kept other foods out of your mouth, that kept you from going a day or two days or three days without working out, that goes out the window as well. That's right. So the moment you have a vision, you're putting restraint on. It's like, I don't want this, I don't want this, I want this. Mm -hmm. And people can identify with the vision that, that it's on your life. And so the fact that you're able to clearly communicate uh, the vision that God gave you is massive. And right. it, it helps because others, God's not called you to do it by yourself. He's called others to join in with you and to assist you. That's right. Yeah. And, and once you do that, once you take those steps and you say, okay, so, so just to make it simple, I've heard from the Lord, I'm going to jump on it. Cause that's, you know, a lot of people are on and thinking, you know, I have heard from the Lord. Lord recently, because you, you, you dealt with this on your broadcast on Tuesday. What was it? Tuesday or Monday? Just a little bit. If, you know, get a fresh word, get yep. direction from the Lord. What do you and do I, when you don't know what to do? Right. Mm -hmm. And there's people in the comments saying, the Lord prompted me to start a business. This is confirmation. There's, there's people that God's told them to do something. Okay, I've heard from the Lord. I'm going to jump on it. But then afterwards, you tell people and you make it clear. And then God sends people out of the woodworks to help you. Like, like people that you would have never even known existed. That's exactly right. I had people, you know, I had an entire team, an entire team, half from Horseheads in New York, half from Huntington, Pennsylvania, wherever that is, you know, just come and there's, you know, I love the vision that God's given you. I want to help you no matter what it is. And people jumped on it. I didn't do it by myself. Yep. You know, I had, I had evangelist Uchenna, you know, help me greatly. And there's connections the Lord wants to bring to you. There's, there's people that the Lord's placed in your life for a purpose. And it's going to happen through that vision. Mm -hmm. Imagine if Lester Sumrall 
didn't go see Howard Carter preach. Lester Sumrall went to see Howard Carter preach, and afterwards, he, you know, they lined up because that's what they used to do, and they, Howard Carter went down the line shaking hands, thanks for coming, thanks for coming. And when he got to Lester Summerall, he shook his hand, and Lester Summerall just blurted out, I'll follow you wherever you go. If you go, you know, you know I'll never leave you to the highest mountain, to the lowest valley. And, and he just blurted out of his spirit, and Howard Carter said, you know, come see me in my hotel. And Lester Summerall was thinking, oh, great. You know, I just blurted out, like, the most ridiculous thing to this preacher. And that's what divinely connected him. It's because the Lord's told you to do something to connect you to a person, and then, you know, and connect you to multiple people. And there's people that, you know, helped me greatly. Just, you know, I had an entire team that had the same vision that I did because they said, you know, I'm getting behind what God's called you to do. I'm doing it with you. And, and we hit the streets every day. There weren't people like, you know, why do we have to soul win? They were soul winning like crazy. Like, you're praying for everyone, handing out flyers, doing praise and worship, leading it, you know, moving in the spirit and being happy about it. God's called you to people and he's going to connect you to people. So if you're feeling like, you know, the Lord told me to do a business or start a business or start a, a podcast or a blog, jump on it because there's people that are going to see that, that, that are going to be divine um, calling helpers. How would yeah. I say that? You know, those that are called to assist you. Right, right. That will jump on because of that. You know, there's people that saw, you know, me do take VB and they say, you know what? I want to get behind that, I, you know, and there's connections already made. And it's not, it's not like I was looking to, you know, make my way into the ministry, but because God called me to do that, I do it and he's got a plan to bless me for it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you'll find that as you step out to do what God has asked you to do, what he's called you to do, you look at, I'll give you a perfect example of this. God didn't even call Jesus to do it alone. Hmm. And this, this is, this will be, and I'm not talking about the disciples, but think about this. Um, the Bible says in Luke chapter eight, verse one, soon afterward, afterward, Jesus went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him, but look who else was with him. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene of from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa. Herod's household manager and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. Do you see that? So God connected people, even people that had money to Jesus and his disciples and provided for the ministry, the vision and the purpose financially. Notice that there, there was money coming in to the point where Jesus needed a treasurer who would carry the money bag wherever they went. And think about this, enough finances came in that the Bible tells us Judas was often stealing from the money bag for himself and nobody noticed. Notice this, they didn't go without, they didn't lack, they didn't have to leave eight of the 12 disciples home because there wasn't finances to bring them on the road because the money was missing. Judas was stealing, embezzling money from Jesus' ministry, and there was enough money in the money bag that nobody noticed it. Because God had connected people to Jesus and to his ministry to fulfill the vision that God had given Jesus and the disciples. You see that? And that's how God works. 
God wants the vision to be plain so that people can run with the vision as they understand what's going on, that they may run that read it, that they may run that read it. And, you know, I think part of the problem, and I've, we'll, we'll kind of finish here. I'll have, I'll have uh, Alex pray for you today, but um, we've mentioned this. And by the way, let me just say, as you're all on, you are not going to want to miss tomorrow morning's broadcast. Let me just tell you, uh, I have another special guest on. We're going to be talking about uh, those of you that the Lord's spoken to you to start your own business and God's given you ideas to uh, make an impact in the kingdom and all these different things. Tomorrow morning, we're going to be dealing with how to successfully carry out the thought or the idea that God's given you as a Christian so that your, your Christian business, what you put your hand to doesn't suck, so that it's not terrible, so that you'll actually uh, see it abound that you'll be blessed. And we're going to give you practical steps, practical guides. We're going to talk about things we've seen that will keep you from being in a place where you're not effective in the thing God's put in your hand so that you can be a blessing tomorrow morning. You don't want to miss that. But let me say it here. One of the things people miss is, and I think, I think one of the cool things that I, I've seen it described this way, you've heard me talk on here about smart goals. And if you've been in business for any period of time, you've probably heard that term SMART goals. It's an acronym. Uh, and each one of those letters represents something that you should attach to the goals you make in your life. Um, the goals need to be, and I'll, I'll just run through them quickly. I'm not going to spend time teaching on it, but they need to be specific. One of the biggest things I see from people that say they want to do something for the Lord, it's like, it's so vague. That yeah, nobody would right. ever know what you're doing. I just believe God's going to use me to do something for the kingdom. What is it? What? What is he going to use you to do? <laughs> be so specific true. about it. What is God going to use you to do? So be specific. Number, number two, which is M, let it be measurable. How would I know? Like uh, a, a terrible goal is I'm going to lose weight. A good goal is I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Right. Because that's measurable. Mm -hmm. So like how far have I gotten in that step-by-step -step process to reach that end goal. Well, I've lost two of the 10. I've lost five of the 10. You say, like, if I just say, well, I'm gonna lose weight, how much? How do you know when to stop? Where, where does the goal end? So it needs to be specific, then it needs to be measurable, right? Number, number three, it needs to be attainable. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be attainable. I'm not gonna go to say, I'm gonna lose 150 pounds. <laughs> I'm not going to be a hundred pounds, you know, I'm not 250, but if I was I'm not going to be a hundred pounds, you know, I'm not going to be 80 pounds, you know? So the goal needs to be attainable. Say, so what's your goal? Well, my goal really is to learn, to be able to fly. I want to be able to fly like Superman. It's not attainable. You're not going to be able to do it. So it needs to be specific. It needs to be measurable. It needs to be attainable, right? Number four, it needs to be relevant to your purpose. It needs to be relevant to your purpose. What do I mean by that? Well, don't set goals. Don't start setting goals that have nothing to do with what God called you to do. Don't waste your time. Right. Don't waste your time. Because if you've got, if you know what you're, what you're called to do, then what's the, like, for example, um, I, I know I'm called to, to preach the gospel. I know I'm called to be in the full-time ministry. So why would I spend years of my life learning how to paint 
oil paints on canvas and like you know i really need to brush up on my skills i really need to get those oil paintings to the next level like that goal has nothing to do with my purpose right so i'm not i'm not called to do oil paintings you understand so why would i spend any time on that goal when it's not relevant to my purpose and 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 i'll say this people waste a lot of their time being jack of all trades master of none mm. Yeah. Instead of streamlining what you're doing with your life in order to further the purpose that God has placed on your life. So let them be specific goals. Let them be measurable goals. So when, when he got his word from the Lord, he knew specifically what it was. It was an outreach in Virginia Beach for young people. It was measurable. He knew he was going to do it by a certain time. This August, whatever, that's when I'm going to do the outreach. I can yeah. measure it, right? It is attainable. He didn't say, he didn't get a word in May and say, you know what? Tomorrow I'm holding this outreach. Getting 6 million souls tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> no, it was attainable because he gave himself that period of time to plan it, raise the funds, do the work. Mm -hmm. It's attainable. It is relevant to his purpose because he's called to be a preacher. He's called to be in the ministry. So it's not something that's way out there. Like, you know, it, it, I'm going to open an auto garage, but it's like, that was, that's not part of your purpose. It's not. And then finally time sensitive, your goals need to be time sensitive. If they're not, you can let those, th and I've seen it. You can let it run on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. One of these days, one of these years, one of these months, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start doing this. One of these, no, it's time sensitive. So to go back to the, to, the, uh, to the weight loss scenario, it's easiest to understand that. Specific, I'm not just gonna lose weight, I'm gonna lose 10 pounds. It's measurable because the, I can now measure that. I know where I'm at today and I know where 10 pounds is and I can measure along as I go and see where I'm at on the process. 10 pounds is attainable, that's number three. That's attainable, you can do that. It is relevant, obviously, and then time sensitive. You don't just say, I want to lose 10 pounds. You say, I wanna lose 10 pounds in the next month. Mm -hmm. So that knows, I, I know that by the time I get to the end of this month, my goal should be accomplished. It's attainable, I can do it. Again, it wouldn't be attainable if, it, if you said, I wanna lose 10 pounds by tomorrow. It's <laughs> liposuction. You know, so <laughs> you have to cut off a hand or a limb, <laughs> you know. So you, you, you wanna make sure those things are there because when you're doing what God's called you to do, you don't wanna drift. You don't want to just float through life wondering, wondering when it's going to come to pass. You've got to do it in a way that's strategic. You know, wisdom's not a man thing. It's a God thing. Right. And the Bible says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all men liberally and will not rebuke them for asking. God wants you to have wisdom. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And these things will help you to accomplish your purpose and not waste time, not waste time. It's very important. And I believe there are people watching. God's already anointed you. He's already called you. He's already purposed you. Now's the time to take action. Now's the time to step up and do what God's called you to do before Jesus comes. Let there be an urgency in your spirit. Let there be an urgency in your spirit. I'm going to have Alex pray for those of you that are watching because I know there's people watching that uh, you need that. You need that urgency. You need that fire. You need that God to speak to you with a fresh and a new wisdom. Today's the day to get started. Don't wait for the new year. Start today. Let God begin to work on you and through you for these next three months before the new year hits. That's right.
So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every single person watching. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you give us to give us good ideas, to give us ideas that will prosper us. I thank you that you're speaking to people right now to do specific things that will launch them into their calling. I pray that as we act on those quickly and with obedience, you would connect us to people yes, and connect us to, to money that you'd have for us. Bless us in Jesus' name. And I pray that we do it quickly and with swiftness. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. And I believe it's going to come to pass quickly. God's going to do it quickly in your life. No yeah. question about it. Just remember this. And if you have to say it every day, say it. I'm anointed. The Lord has called me. The Lord has purposed me. That's right. The Lord has strengthened me. Say it in front of the mirror if you have to. I'm anointed. I'm full of the power of God. I've got a purpose. I've got a calling. I've got an assignment. Let the devil hear you say it. Say it right under your feet into his face. I'm anointed. I've got a calling. I've got a purpose. That's right. God's put his strength and his power in me. I cannot fail. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be cursed. <laughs> and you just keep on confessing it. You keep on declaring it by the power of God. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. We're going to give you an opportunity today to sow a seed into the ministry. There's people that are believing for financial increase. It comes through financial seed sowing. You know, one thing I want you to remember in your calling is this. God doesn't multiply what you keep. He multiplies what you sow. I've, I actually have heard people, they have this misconception that when I sow seed into the kingdom, then my finances will be blessed. God blesses what I have. That's not how it works. When you sow seed, he takes that seed, multiplies it, and it comes back as a harvest. It'd be like as crazy as thinking like a farmer thinks, when I go out and sow these seeds into the fields, then all the seeds that I have left in the barn are just gonna start multiplying. <laughs> no, the seeds that you've put in the field begin to multiply and they turn into a harvest. It's what you release out of your hand that becomes multiplied. That becomes a harvest. And so that's the key. If you want to see that kind of increase, if you're looking for that kind of uh, blessing, and what, you know what I've been declaring for the final three months of this year? That we're going to have the best, most prosperous, most impactful three months we've ever had in any year by the power of God. And by the time we run into 2022, it's a year of divine possession. We will possess what we've never had. We'll, we'll have what we've never had. And think of this, and I'm not, I'm not coming off this. We're going to keep on declaring it. Wonders. We're believing for wonders. What, put, just put that word in the comment section. Wonders. Hashtag wonders. We're believing God will do something so big that it'll make people wonder. Signs, wonders, and miracles. What's a wonder? That's when God does something so magnificent, nobody can explain it away. Nobody can, they're all, they're all sitting around wondering how it happened. How did it happen? Winona said, do you have e-transfer? Can we e-transfer to Miracle Word? I'm not sure what that is, but we have Zelle, I don't know what e-transfer is. Do you know, Tiff? Wire. We do wire transfers. I don't know what an e-transfer is, but we do Zelle. We do every other, every other thing. Cryptocurrency. 
all the ways to give at miracleword.com. Click the give page. I want to encourage you to partner with this ministry, with Carolyn and with me, as we're touching this world with the power of God. We're expanding again, as you heard, and uh, our programs are being captioned right now to go into India, Iraq, parts of China, Pakistan, Philippines. Um, it's, it's amazing. 90 million more homes and uh, souls are going to come in constantly. And they already have been, but it's going to increase. And thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for standing with us. Those of you that are sowing $85 or more this month, we want to bless you with this book by E.W. Kenyon, Jesus the Healer. This is a man that understood uh, new creation realities, the revelation God gave Paul. And this book will open your eyes. If you've never read anything by E.W. Kenyon, I encourage you to get everything he's ever written. Two kinds of faith, two kinds of righteousness, the father and his family, the blood covenant, Jesus, the healer. I mean, they're all so powerful. Uh, and he's got such a revelation, such a great revelation. Loved Brother Kenyon. He had an impact on Brother Hagin and many others, many others. Powerful man of God. God used him. I know it. Yeah, we're going to get that. My dad's new book is out. It's out. By the way, it's in. It's not just out. It's in. We've got it ready to ship. Um, if you go to his website, you can get it. The camels are coming on the gifts of the spirit. Shop.tedshuttlesworth.com uh, and check it out. The camels are coming. It is already in, ready to ship out. You need a copy of this book. Really, my dad, his life work, I've seen him operate proficiently in all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this book will bless you. This is a part, part one of a part two, two part series. Uh, it's called The Camels Are Coming. It's the introduction to the gifts of the Spirit. It will stir you up. It's anointed. Grab yourself a copy. I love you. Don't forget, tomorrow in the morning, very special broadcast with another guest. We're going to be talking about how to accomplish the idea God's given you for business. To do what you're called to do so it doesn't suck, so that you succeed, so that you prosper, so that God can bless you and uh, you don't just become another uh, really dumb Christian business that makes no money like Jehovah Jireh landscaping, um, you know, and you think people should hire your business just because you're, you're a Christian. Um, he brews coffee. <laughs> Jehovah Java. <laughs> Jehovah Java coffee house so that you don't just like have a sucky business that nobody wants to get, come to. And um, so. So I want you to, uh, I want you to not miss tomorrow. It's going to be powerful. I love you. Thank you to Alex for being on. Thanks for having Great me. Great work at Take VB. Again, the new magazine's coming out. It has the full report from the outreach. You guys are going to love this new magazine. I can't wait for it to get into your hands. Those of you that are overseas, sign up. We'll get you a digital copy. Have an awesome day. Tomorrow, I'm back in the morning. Carolyn's back in the afternoon. Hopefully, I'll get to see you in Crossroads Community Church starting on Sunday uh, in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. We're going to be there, me and my father and mother together, Sunday through Sunday. All the details are on the website. Love you. Have a powerful day. Talk to you later. Bye.
Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.